episode 52. Hi, this is Amy, the Senior Group Fitness Instructor at the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Are you looking for a spark of inspiration to bring to your next class? Find us at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. Hi, and welcome back to the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. I'm John McGowan, your host, and you can find us at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. First, let me start, and I don't know that I've done this officially, but thank you for all of you that contributed to my survey that uh, we ended up with uh, about 180 responses, and they were very helpful, and they uh, were really going to help guide me going forward here, having a better understanding of what it is that you're looking for. The one thing that is almost universal from all the responses are finding ways to add a new something to your class. Moving forward, that's going to be a big part of what I talk about, including today. What I'm looking at is that, you know, are there simple things that you can do, or and then maybe not so simple things, to enhance your class, add a new spark, bring some new enthusiasm to it. I personally have been working at trying to learn to use Mixmeister software to actually mix my music. I, I have to admit I've been guilty of just using iTunes to build playlists and just because I unfortunately have too many other things going on. But I am committed to doing that. And I know I have a friend over at Cadence Revolution, Keith Burnage, who said that if I run into trouble, I can give him a holler. And hopefully as I learn, we can help you to uh, learn with it as well. Because that was another thing on the survey that people felt was something that they very much like to, to know. As part of the survey, I asked some kind of open-ended questions. You know, tell me. What are you thinking? And I had a lot of really interesting responses, and one of which by an instructor down in Georgia. Her name is Barbara Hoots, and she kind of talked to me. Uh, Barbara and I traded some emails. We've actually had some conversations about how it's her experience, and I would admit to this as well, is that maybe sometimes we get a little lost in the technical or the foundational side of classes, heart rate training, power, this and that. And we lose some ideas as far as the presentation and the promotion of the class and selling it to our members to get them excited to come back. So I uh, thought after talking with her, she's got some pretty great ideas. And what she's done is come up with six ways to grow your cycling class. And I'm going to bring her on now. Barbara, welcome to the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Thank you, John. Thank you. Good morning. First of all, give everybody an understanding of you know who you are, where you come from, and your experience. John, I'm a Star 3 spinning instructor in Albany, Georgia. That's southwest Georgia. And we can hear that in your voice. <laughs> it's a little gonna, southern. <laughs> we're going to enjoy listening to you. Oh, Well, you know, I travel a good bit and drop in cycling classes all across the country, and I've discovered no matter what brand of indoor cycling is represented, the universal flaw is a lack of marketing knowledge. It's like new instructors are turned out left and right with this amazing technical expertise, but they haven't been taught how to establish and grow a class. So I've developed six marketing ideas that I've actually used, experimented, and have been proven successful. They are guaranteed to explode your class growth. 
Well, perfect, because I subbed the class this morning with three people in it, so I'm eager to hear them. <laughs> All right. Okay, well, let's start with number one, that, and I think this is probably the most important. If, you, if, if you're a listener and you only hear the first one, this will be something that you hopefully can work with. Uh, go ahead. Number one, create a physical environment that will allow your students to mentally disappear from the real world. Because, John, the real world is overwhelming. We are inundated. Bright lights, distractions, competition, judgment. It's all there. Noise. 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 Yes, and a cycling class should never compete with the real world. For Think about your favorite restaurant for just a moment. Why do you love it? It uh, It's a place where I feel very comfortable. Exactly. The and they have good meat. <laughs> <laughs> well, the food is wonderful, but think about the environment, okay? The lighting, it's conducive to intimate conversation. You feel attractive. You feel accepted. Dim lighting provides this temporary escape from the harshness of reality. And as instructors, we want our riders to be challenged, yes, physically, but also mentally. So with that in mind, I renovated the spinning room at my gym in Albany, Georgia, Tony's Westside Athletic Club, to create this environment that would stimulate the senses and create an energetic, almost an euphoric experience for the rider. Obviously, this is just audio. So give us just a little paint-by-number word picture of what we're doing here. All right. First of all, the walls and ceilings were painted black. We splashed a little bit of neon paint around just to break up the blackness. We already had mirrors, which were eight-foot mirrors, installed around all four walls. All right. So here's the fun part. LED rope lights. Ah, they're absolutely wonderful. We mounted those around the lower perimeter of the room as well as the riser that the instructor's on. And then I discovered these wonderful little gel wraps. We covered the fluorescent tube lights overhead with gels. And um, Describe those. I, um, which, which, what do you mean gels? by that? Okay, they can be called color gels, um, gel filters. Basically, they're thin little sheets of uh, polycarbonate, sometimes they're polyester. They project color when you place them against a light fixture. They're used in um, stage screen production. You can oh, get okay. sheets, yeah, sheets, rolls, tubes. They're very inexpensive, and they can transform the mood of your cycling room. So we put some lights on. And I tell you, John, the reason that I'm so passionate about creating this perfect spinning environment with lighting is because shortly after the renovation, a young woman, extremely overweight, she came to me after class, tears streaming down her cheeks. And she said, Barbara, this is the first exercise class I have ever completed and I am so proud of myself and see John the darkness it creates this safety net and removes inhibitions and this woman and many like her had the courage to come into our spinning room and take the first step toward a healthier lifestyle because the spinning room was dark it was non-judgmental and the masses will flock to you when you put them in an environment that they can just disappear well, and I would agree with that. I the clubs I teach at one of which one of the clubs actually where my wife is it's her home club. I'll be there occasionally, but one you know as you're facing the all the bikes, all the students, 
the one wall on the right is all glass and it looks out over the basketball court. Well, you're teaching a class and you've got this continuous distraction exactly. that these people are playing, you know, basketball and it's like you're trying to keep their attention and but yeah, you're right. If um I, I was invited to teach a class in Nashville, Tennessee. All right, it was a large 40 or 50 people, and the, the gym owner said, we're not sure what to do with spinning. Do we keep it? And I'm not sure what the brand was. It may have been um, a, another brand of cycling. Mm-hmm. So I came up there for a special ride, walked into the room, and yes, just like you described, there was an open window looking, one, into the parking lot, and the other wall was looking out into the gym area. And I thought, oh, my, what are we going to do? So I ran to Home Depot on a Friday night, and I got rolls and rolls of plastic drop claws that painters use, wrapped the entire room, and then I got some inexpensive little rope lights. They weren't the LEDs, but they were incandescent, worked just as fine, ran them around the perimeter of the room, and I'm telling you, after the ride, oh, it was euphoria. There were 40 or 50 people who came up, just said, we've never, ever experienced a ride like this. For the first time, they understood the mind-body connection, and they got it. So that proves, again, I think you've got to provide the environment to get away from the distractions of day-to-day life. You know, I know there are people listening to this because I know, I'm, because I'm thinking it as well, is that, that okay, but I'm not a mind-body instructor. You know, I realize Johnny G's initial, you know, the whole thrust of the spinning program was really tied to that. But some of us are more analytic, more practical you know, how do you bring those together? Well, basically, you don't even have to promote the mind-body connection. When you, when you darken the room, what that does is it just sets the stage for a transition. So by darkening the lights, you're telling those students, okay, guys, it's personal time. It's me time. You've got 45 minutes to disappear before you hit the real world again. So by using the lighting to just kind of bring down the tone of the room, you're signaling subliminally, it's time to turn off your cell phones. You're not really worried about what you're having for dinner tonight. The kids are going to be okay. This is your time. So you don't have to take it to the level Johnny G did as a a yoga-ish kind of class. But at the same time, by dimming the lights, it it says, without saying a word, it's time to ride. There are going to be people listening to this thinking, you know, I know my club owner personally, and the two of us can do this. And there's other of us that teach for big box facilities, (laughs) like I do. Uh, And to try to do something like that would be a little more... Take a little more effort, I guess. Probably. All right. So we've, we're creating, we've creating uh, an atmosphere. What was number two then? Number two, very important. Treat your students as if they are guests in your own home. And this is important because when I teach a class, I always arrive 20 to 30 minutes early. First thing, I adjust the air temperature to cool the room down, clean up the room, pick up the water bottles from the class before, And then I connect my iPod and I have some nice upbeat music playing in the background. So when students arrive, they immediately feel comfortable and welcome. Students should never walk into a sterile cycling room with bright lights and feel that awkward silence. Just like, would you ever invite a guest to a party at your home? And when the first one arrived, the house was 
empty, silent, and the hostess was running late? Absolutely not. So I think you have to respect your students, and that means be on time. They're busy. If class starts at 5, you start at 5. If it ends at 6, we end at 6. So I think many times before the ride begins, you've got to prepare. And so many times, as I mentioned, I drop in these spinning classes or cycling classes across the country, and it's as if the, the instructor just uh, had so many things to do today. She uh, just, oh, yeah, I've got a class I'm going to teach. Run in, throw some music on. Here we go. There was no preparation. I think that says, again, subliminally to your students that maybe the instructor doesn't really care. Also, your students need to know each other. Many times before the ride and the warm-up, I'll say, hey, introduce yourself to the person you are sitting next to because you need to know who you're going to sweat with today. There... Mm, I like that. Yes, and <laughs> yes. I realize that that does not happen nearly enough. No, there are no strangers in a spinning class, and that's how you grow that bond. And, and it's a family. And whenever we get a new person, oh, we're so excited, like, yes, come join us. It is this wonderful collection of of energy. It's kind of that uh, southern hospitality. Exactly. And again, if the instructors realize you have a private party, you would never have a guest to come to your home and not introduce them. So extend that same graciousness to your spinning class or your cycling class. The next from a promotional standpoint, and I like this what you're doing with your class passes. Okay, this is really important. You need to develop and print two items. Number one, a free cycling pass. All right, mine are about the size of a business card. I print them on cardstock. It's good for six free classes at your facility, okay? On the back of the pass, you want to list the class times and the instructors. And on the front of the pass, I just have like a little simple six punch marks with the name of the facility. Very inexpensive. The rule in our gym is as long as there is an empty bike, there's room for a guest. So I'll give these passes out to both students and instructors, and they can distribute them to friends and relatives. And you'd be amazed at this vortex of excitement that happens when a large group of people are together. So you might want to say, why six classes? Where did you come up with that number? This well, is just <laughs> when you're supposed to just give them one or a week. No, absolutely not. We tried that. It doesn't work because here's the deal. In our gym, we have six instructors. So the past is two things. It allows each guest an opportunity to connect emotionally with an instructor because if you just have one free class the student may not have an opportunity to discover the instructor that they enjoy the most and the second thing is after six classes you're hooked and inevitably a membership <laughs> ensues I mean after six classes they know everyone in the class and they're like yes these are my friends I've got to join this group six classes you're hooked number two you need a brochure which describes your cycling program and the most important thing, the musical preferences of each instructor. And the reason this is important is because in the beginning, when students are new and they don't have the maturity to understand the mechanics of the ride, they are going to flock to the instructor whose musical tastes match theirs. For example, 
I play a lot of alternative mixes, progressive trance, tribal. Students need to know what to expect before they enter a class because another instructor may use music from the 80s, those big hair bands, you know, what are they, sure, scorpions? Sure. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you got that. A third yep, or, instructor. Or, or old rock, that's what I oh, would use. yes, yeah. yes. And third instructor, they might like the contemporary dance diva, top 40 hip-hop. Well, here's the deal. For new students... Music is the first judgment they're going to make about his class. So you can't lose potential members because they happen to drop into an instructor's class where they didn't connect to the music. So once you provide knowledge to your instructors, I'm sorry, knowledge to your students, then those students can select with their free six-class pass which instructor they want to connect to. And then once you develop that connection and the trust at that point then you can take them further into the technical aspects which heart rate cadence lactate threshold etc etc but you've got to connect to an instructor first that's a good idea you know what i like that and and i like it even more now that i'm hearing it since since we talked about it earlier because um you know i'm the resident cyclist at our club and so that's my appeal i don't have a lot of appeal to uh, what i would call the housewife (laughs) <laughs> meaning that you know the nine thirty yes, ten o'clock yes. people exactly. i mean forgive me if i but you know what i'm you know the class I'm i know the class and they're a fun group it's not for everyone but and i know that uh I'm, I'm just not that's not my personality and yet we offer all those types of classes at our clubs right and it just and you know hopefully you're going to have a variety of instructor personalities so that you have the cyclists in one group and the you know the the mom class or exactly and i have a sample of that trifold brochure and the free pass um and i think your listeners can download it from the site that correct i'm gonna i'm gonna you have a little uh pdf that you've put together with all your ideas on it that's very good and i and i do have to say though that way back early one of the early podcasts where i did a multiple ways to promote your class is that I talked about a class promotion card, which is essentially what you're talking about is, you know, right. to have a business card with you, maybe it have your picture on it and it has the cl- your classes. Right. Uh, but I do like the idea is that you're going to offer them an- enough opportunities to visit to become part of their habit. You know, exactly. exactly. Okay. All right. Uh, number four, then. Number four. Okay. Open your mind to this one. All right. Donate a charity ride for fundraisers in your community, okay? You're not going to believe this. One of the best marketing ideas I ever had came last year when on a whim, I decided to donate a private spinning class as a silent auction item at this Black Tie uh, Cancer Society fundraiser. All right, to my surprise, there was fierce bidding. Mm, This thing went, yes, $700. Can you believe that? I, I was so surprised. Well, who bid on it? One was a cycling group, the Pecan City Peddlers of Albany, Georgia. Came okay, and they're, they're a road cyclist group. Yes, they're an outdoor cycling group. They came together, purchased the ride. Yes, it was a donation to the Cancer Society, but at the same time, they thought, what a great way to celebrate the end of their outdoor season. So we put together a playlist of the music that they enjoyed. We had such a good time. We rode one Thursday evening um, after all the classes had kind of gotten out of the gym. 
we celebrated that ride. We crossed the finish line. I had a cooler of ice cold adult beverages waiting. <laughs> good deal. Good, <laughs> oh, good, good deal. Southern hospitality again. Right, exactly. Yeah. We had photos. I mean, we had such a good time. And this charity ride, believe it or not, was the first time that these cyclists, we had almost 50 of them, had ever taken an indoor cycling class. And guess what? Now, over half of them have joined, and they are regulars in my class every week. Rock on. Yeah. So so we got some wonderful publicity for it. The newspaper did a coverage. Oh, and even um, I think we submitted the article to spinning.com, and they did a coverage for us. So we got on the website there, and it was amazing. But you'd be surprised. Just put, just put a silent auction. I'll do a personal. We've even given birthday parties, okay? Oh, we've got a couple of those ladies, you know, from the ladies' class. They turn the big 4-0 and they want to celebrate so we do their party music we have a ride and then the ladies go out and have dinner and it's a wonderful opportunity to bring groups together so yeah get out there donate i'm a huge proponent proponent of charity rides i think those type of things are you know where you're working towards something bigger than just you oh obviously uh, and uh, it has great value obviously it can be overplayed sometimes all right now Let's talk about what you list as number five. Okay, number five. Now, I may, um, I may lose friends over this one, okay? Number five, know your audience. Okay, cycling, indoor cycling is usually considered cross-training for you outdoor roadies, right? But not always. Not always. Well, that's where I'm going. There are many students in your class who've never ridden a bike and have no intention of ever riding a bike outdoors. But it's your job as an instructor to ask your students what sport they participate in. All right. Hear me out. Last year, I wrote a monthly fitness column for Hunter and Sport Horse Magazine, all right? I had the opportunity to interview members of the U.S. Olympic equestrian team regarding their cross-training. John, you won't believe this, but during the winter season in Ocala, Florida, the majority of these Olympic equestrians are in a 5.30 a.m. spinning class. You won't believe it. Yes, a standing climb on a bike duplicates two-point jump position for equestrians. So you may have equestrians in your class, but you never knew it because you never asked. Jennifer Capriotti, who many of you may remember, made her great comeback in professional tennis a few years ago. She dropped 40 pounds and publicly attributed her new fitness level to indoor cycling. Well, I have so many tennis players in my class who use indoor cycling to help them to be explosive on the court. Mixed martial arts fighters, soccer coaches, the list goes on and on. So if you want to grow your class, you're going to have to be aware of your audience and realize that not everyone shares your excitement of being on the road. There are masses of athletes out there. Mm-hmm. And I'll admit, some of us are very guilty of trying to stuff um, people into that yes, box. Yes, I didn't want to say that. No, but, you um, <laughs> go right ahead and say that. It just is that the classes, again, I drop in classes all across the United States, even out of the country sometimes, and inevitably, the instructor just assumes that if you don't ride outdoors, then you are not at the athletic level I am. And And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just that... There are athletes in their own right. It's just that the instructor does not know the audience. And if you ask and you get to know people, what are you using this class for? What do you do? I've got a, a 
college kicker, okay, who comes in class, University of Florida, I've got linebackers from high school, but if the instructor doesn't ask, then maybe we all don't want to be roadies. Okay, how do you present your class so that these these tennis players, for example, take something away from Great. If you're going to do some out-of-the-saddle um, short burst 20 seconds, okay, basically that's, hey, guys, for those of you who play tennis, drop shot, run to the net, get right back, okay? You can take those same movements and then shift them into another athletic realm, and that is a whole entire dimension of new people who will flock to your class, just like the equestrians, all right? Who would have ever dreamt that equestrians would use spinning to cross-train for jumping. They're there. You just have to get to know your people. And then, so I have a soccer coach um, for a college here who asked if I would do a Saturday morning ride to get his soccer team geared up for the season, just a collective ride of his, of his soccer team. And, of course, we'll do something like that. So, once again, you're getting the word out that indoor cycling is not just for outdoor cyclists. Okay, we know our audience. Okay, what... Yeah, number five. Reward your students, all right? This is important. These guys are there for you week in, week out. It's the lowly rank and file that support your program, and you have got to say thank you. So after completing six classes, I give my students a black little spinning decal for the bumper of their car. And this is like a badge of courage. It's a sign of pride. It is great advertising because we'll be in traffic and all of a sudden you see a car in front of you that has the little black spinning sticker and we're like blow the horn and going, hey, you're in my class. And it is just, <laughs> it is so insane because you realize you had to earn that sticker. And of course, they're free. I think I, I got them at WSSC. I must have gotten a thousand of those things. Okay, so I just passed those out. It's not costing me anything. But the second thing John, you're going to love this, all right? Do you ever have moments when you have taught so many classes that you become delirious? Okay, that moment came to me a few months ago, and just out of the blue, I had 50 black G-strings thongs printed with the white, yes, with the white spinning logo right there on front. And hey, I, yeah. yes, and I kept that registered trademark. I'll just want all those spin fitness people to know that it is on there. Well, I passed them out to all the ladies in my class, and I think some of the guys probably stole a few that I didn't know. We laughed and laughed at the ridiculousness of it all. But it was such a nice way to say thank you. You know, just say mm -hmm. thank you for being there because Realize, as an instructor, it is not about you. You're there for these people just to take them away from their real world for 45 minutes, maybe 50, help them disappear. They're going to leave that class. They're going to be a better mother, a better father, a better student, a better parent. And that's what it's all about. So, exactly. Yes, yeah, so just say thank you and appreciate their encouragement, their response, their support. Always say thank you. Okay, so now, granted, it may be awkward for me or some of the other male instructors listening to this to start handing out thongs, <laughs> but there are other things that we could be... There are other things. Here's an example. I called, I kept telling my class, you've got to recover with a protein, okay? And they're going, what, what? We don't understand it. So I got a BSN who makes Synthesix. I called them and said, hey, I need about 50 or 60 sample packs of this um, 
20 gram protein recovery and they said sure so I passed those out one day I said guys if you've never experienced it here take one on your way out all right mix it with some water see if you don't feel better having a little protein after recovery I've given things um these electrolyte tablets you can drop in your water bottles, anything. If a student doesn't have a water bottle, I always have three or four extras. I'm going, here, you've got to have this, baby. You're not going to make it without some water. You've got to make sure you can almost treat these students as if they're your children. You reward them, you thank them, you encourage them. And that's, again, how you develop that bond and how you grow the class. So I guess as a summary, you create that physical environment that's going to allow your students to mentally disappear. You treat your students as if they're guests in your own home. Number three, print those free class passes, hand them out, brochures. Four, donate charity rides. Five, know your audience. And six, reward your students. Say thank you. These are six ways that I guarantee will explode your class growth. All right. Now, Barbara, if someone wants to get a hold of you, how would they do that? John, they can reach me anytime via email at spinningdesign at hotmail.com. And I'll be happy to offer any ideas. I'll come visit your facility if you want me to, to help you do some renovation. I'm just here to offer ideas because it's my passion. And I'm here to help grow classes. And I think we hear that. I'm going to be adding links to your information. I'm also going to have a link to download Barbara's PDF on the things that she's talked about. There's some uh, resources to find some of these uh, rope lights and give you an understanding of what she's doing. She's got some pictures in there that shows what her studio looks like. And Okay, well, Barbara, thank you so very much for being on the Indoor Cycle Instructor podcast. Thank you, John. Thank you. And if something comes up, uh, would you be willing to be on again? Absolutely. My pleasure. For those of you listening, thank you. If you've got questions or comments, I would love to uh, hear from you. There is a comment section for the post of this podcast, number 52. Or you can send me an email, john at com. And so until next time, thanks for listening. (music) 